This, ladies and gentlemen, is Padre and Pritch. And our show is about community unity, laughter, spirituality, love, compassion, and connection to the greater good around our community and around our uh, locale and the world. So, and the reason I'm here yes. is that I can't afford a shrink. <laughs> You're the, you're the, the best irony. medicine I've ever had. You're my favorite drug. <laughs> and well, because you're my favorite drug, by the way, where does the word shrink come from? Uh, to, to bring the brain down to where it can be um, analyzed. I, I shrinking the brain. Shrinking. You know, mine started there. Yeah, uh, I know. A single thought in my brain would die of loneliness. <laughs> I once had a thought it looked like a BB going down a four-lane highway. See, I got you started. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeine, that was, what it, that was the problem. Anyway. Well, I'd like to start uh, our little uh, discussion. We're, we're only here for like 30 minutes, and you can tune in or out if you like. And in, in case the picture is on mic, you can <laughs> turn the camera off. I I, uh, I don't know if you remember this guy, Mike. His name was Carl Samra. He was from uh, Minneapolis, and it's very cold there. And he had a hard time. He he uh, lost his job, and in the, losing his job, he lost. He owed everybody. He, he lost his family. His wife said, "I can't deal with you anymore." So totally depressed, he decides to move to Arizona. Wow. So he gets in his old rattle trap car. Now, by the time he gets to Phoenix, that's a song. By the time he gets to Arizona, he is so depressed, he goes to Ace Hardware to buy a rope to hang himself. Wow. And then he drives around. He can't find a tree. All he sees is cactus. <laughs> so he, he has nowhere to hang It's going to get better, folks. Hang on. It's going to get better. So he, he his depression goes down, 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 down. Right. And it, then he says, well, I'll just, I'll drown myself. He drives around Arizona for two days. No can't find any water. No water. <laughs> so now, this is a true story. I know. I so now it. he goes into a, a Franciscan monastery. Decides, wow. I, I he was a Catholic. He said, I, I gotta repent. He said, I just, I've, my, made my life miserable. And he's sitting there waiting, and he looks up on the wall, and he sees a picture of the Laughing Christ. Ah. You've seen that picture. Yes, I have. You? I love that because there are so few. Yeah. Uh, and there are the so humanity few, of him. There's yeah. so few descriptions right. of Jesus enjoying himself right. and um, holy hilarity. So <laughs> what he does, he starts out uh, and edits a joyful newsletter, which I he I got for years. Wow. Um, it was like a, a newsletter of clean jokes. Yeah. Ones you, you could, could tell in church. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. he's passed away, but... His name was Carl Samra, and he did so much for people that uh, that you do and uh, we're trying to do together, just to lift people's spirits. Lift people up, and and right now, and after COVID nine ninety and the 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 earthquakes, the volcanoes, and the hurricanes, and the storms, and the flooding, it's important to remind humanity that that uh, hope is what we. 
we we gain through laughter and uh the the constant line is uh you know that they teach us is everybody dies folks but serious people are in a big hurry yeah and so if you can find a way to bring laughter in and invite it into your day invite laughter into your day and make it real and kind of find things to belly laugh at that level of depression uh can be alleviated for needing pain relief and and things that might numb you so like I like like I tell uh, folks suffering from alcoholism, nothing good comes from taking a drink if you're depressed. But if you you know if you're choosing to drink to alleviate uh, sorrow, not a good choice. There's a line by Shakespeare. He said, "Always give sorrow words. Grief that does not speak whispers to the overfraught heart and bids it to break." And what we know is. When I'm in groups, like with you and other people, when we're sitting around just talking to the kids here at the studio and just laughing and sharing, mm -hmm. this is that reflection time that you really get to realize that hope is that thing that springs from you that, look, it's, it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. And you have to choose wine or shine, complain or gain, bitter or better. And... If we do that, we're, we're, we're looking for that line. I always love that line by the kid. I go, try optimist stoic. The stoic belief in optimism. And he goes, yeah, we're millennials. We live in a constant state of anticipation. <laughs> and I go, how do we build hope and anticipation? If you think everything bad is going to happen, that's not yeah. going to help. No, right? soon it's going to happen. I like it when you say everybody, uh, everybody's going to die. But not everybody lives. Right. So at, at funeral yeah. services, and that, I like to point that out because to have a, me a memory, a, a memorial for someone who's passed right. away, that person is already gone. So yeah. good. But yeah. the, it, it's for those of us who are still standing, talking, breathing, and living that we have a chance to look a little deeper at ourselves and see that there's there's more to life than just what we've experienced so far. And, and as I like to say, the last time I checked, the percentage of mortality among human beings is about zero. <laughs> zero. Well, I always love that joke about the, the priest who told his parishioners in a small village, somebody's got to get up and say something nice about Jerome. Yeah. Somebody's got to get up. And and they said, everybody's not. And then finally, he says, Patrick, you have something to say about Jerome. And he goes, yes, I do, Father. His brother was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you use Jerome, by the way? Instead of Pat and Mike and uh, all that old Irish gusto baloney. <laughs> there, was a, there was a Jerry in every <laughs> Well, Irish today uh, in the uh, liturgical calendar, when I prayed the Mass this morning, it's the Feast of St. Jerome. And Jerome was the one who translated the Bible from the Aramaic wow. to, to the Latin, which we call Vulgate. The Latin Vulgate meant that wow. it was a common language that people could read. Uh, now, you say about me, you know, you're, you're vulgar. <laughs> <laughs> 
You don't say that. No, no, I never. never <laughs> anyway, vulgar meant common, and now it's kind of a pejorative term the way wow. it's used. But he translated from the Aramaic. He was a brilliant doctor, and he he lived in Bethlehem. In fact, his uh, his tomb is there if, if you want to go visit it yeah. someday. But uh, in the fifth century, that's what Jerome is noted for, so that people now could actually read the scriptures where and and have a chance to and he was a physician just, like a doctor no yeah. no no well he was a doctor of the church oh, got it, got yeah it. so not a physician no but he studied he studied scripture and this is and dedicated yeah. his whole life to wow. uh, just study script but it was funny you you tell a joke and it's an obvious pat mike joke the two irish brothers and you suddenly call him jerry what is wrong with you? Well, I I just think maybe maybe I was influenced by the presence of Saint Jerome today on his feet. Yeah, see there I you see? go. Well, now, I remember. Now that, we've dated this program. <laughs> won't be any good after we're dead. Um, no, the reason I won I started off with a story about Carl Samara and the joyful newsletter, right. and the laughing Christ, because if you remember that scripture about uh, self-mutilation, yeah. where he said, if your eyes in sin, cut, pluck it out. If your foot drags you into a bed, you know, cut it off. Right. Can you imagine Jesus telling these guys to mutilate themselves so, so, they, so they wouldn't go into Gehenna with a bad eye? <laughs> but, I mean, I think that Jesus was probably laughing under his breath going, Got these guys going on this one. I always because you don't want to you don't want to cut your leg I, off. I always felt the humanity of Christ in the way he treated children, in the way he treated the lame, in the way he treated the lepers. Yeah, and he would see people, and he would do things to help. And this is what the great teachers, the great spiritual avatars of all religions. You know, I, I think if we look back and that one of my favorite lines is sometimes uh, by, uh, you know, uh, if you look at Gandhi, they said, what do you think of Western civilization? And he said, well, it sounds like a marvelous idea. I hope they try to achieve it one day. <laughs> and so realizing that civilization is respect, yeah. inclusion, tolerance, love, honoring other people who have neurodiversity. And what I try to tell people all the time is, I, I don't judge people by how they have wisdom or uh, their own personal dignity, but how they treat others. Yeah. And that's that line um, that I talked about. They asked uh, Mr. Booth, who created Salvation Army, what one word did they want to send out on the telegraph all over the world? And he said, others. Hmm. Think of others. Yeah. And that's what I think Christ had an yeah. other-centered life. And we want all of the folks that we follow, all of our leaders, yeah. certainly no matter what background or culture or language they come from oh, yeah. globally. Well, a good friend of ours used to say, instead of others, uh, relationships. So right. everything's built on a relationship. Exactly. And if you're living in the woods by yourself, uh, you can say, well, I have a relationship with God. Or uh, 
that it may not be real to other people who live in the world, or it may, if it's a mystical, truly mystical right. thing, you don't find, uh, go for it. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. That's your life. But, but uh, for most of us, we depend so much on, on relationships. So when when we, getting back to that old scripture about cutting things off, and uh, I used to try and focus on the literal sense of the scripture versus the common sense. Oh, yeah. So common sense would tell you, yeah. you know, uh, do something to forgive yourself. Don't right. don't cut your leg off or your right. foot off yeah. or pluck out your eye. And I think what Jesus is trying to tell those guys is, you know, make some, make some corrections, but uh, use your common sense. Yeah. Use your common sense. Cut loose the anchor that makes you sink, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I always like that line, forgive to live and live to forgive, that I teach the little kids. Forgive to live and live to forgive. Let it go. And uh, sometimes we hold on to things in some ways that, that, that hurt us. And so cutting loose those things that uh, we won't be able to forgive ourselves for is really important. I remember uh, working at a hospice one day and I asked the guy, I said, have, I said, have you, have you gotten ready to, to make your trip and your bags packed? And he goes, no, I still have to unlock the whole forgiveness thing. <laughs> I, started I started laughing and he goes oh he goes i don't know if it was that funny i go oh it is though yeah because when you're ready to go on a trip you got to learn what not to pack yeah as well as to pack right and Before that's why you bring your gift to the altar otherwise you know what are you doing you're living in hypocrisy right Go and say to your brother, I forgive you, or sister. And that's why it's so important for this guy who's getting ready to take his own life. Yeah. And he finds this monastery. Yeah. That's amazing. And he's sitting there looking at the, seeing the picture on the wall. And it hits him. It hits him, yeah. Right. That he's, he's. Uh... Isn't it amazing what can wake us up, Harry? <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's a, that uh, the guy, who's guy who comes to get, get a job. And uh, he said, his employer says, uh, well, I'm going to give you an example. Suppose you had a stone in your shoe uh, and you were on the job. Would you work for me for an hour? Would you work a half a day? Would you, would you be able to put in a full day? What would you do? He said, well, the first thing I'd do is take the stone out of my shoe. <laughs> then I could work for you as long as I wanted so it's it's common sense, you yeah. know. Yeah. I have a guy working for you limping around because he's got a rock in his shoe. Isn't it funny how we, we try to, and that's what I try to tell people about uh, compassion. When I'm working with all these neurodiverse kids now that are uh, Asperger, high-functioning autism, low-functioning autism, kids that have, like me, ADD, or kids that have dyslexia, and they have learning uh difficulties and what's amazing is how wise they are uh from the suffering the systems have put them through and i remember one kid that had the shake and i said geez jason buddy you're you're shaking and he said i uh had uh when i was in school they put me in the closet and turned the light on and said we're going to turn the light off and no school um no um 
no field trips and no recess until you catch up. And he says, I never could catch up because I couldn't read fast enough to absorb fast enough. And then because I was so anxious, I was just depressed. And what I try to tell everybody is if we soften that, because I went to his dad and I said, all he wants from you, he's a very powerful Hollywood guy. I go, all he wants from you is your love. He doesn't want to compete with everybody. He doesn't want to get grades. And I think that uh, Bill Cosby had a son, Ennis, who had dyslexia. And to be able to, you know, try and explain to people the most powerful gift that you get is to accept your children and the people around you and the people you teach as they are. That was Christ's blessing to all of us, mm -hmm. to be accepting of. As Mother Teresa says, don't judge people. You'll never have time to learn to love them and heal them. And that's what this guy, once he sees the laughing Christ, he creates something from it that makes joy come to many people. Like Johnny Appleseed throwing seeds out. And from yeah. that, think of all the sermons you gave uh, with some of the, the, the jokes and the facetious lines in there, which I love to read. Yeah. I love to read those things, you know, to teach us to laugh and let go of things and fears especially. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Very true. I a friend of ours. Uh, she was um, uh, coming out, and her her little kid said to her, her grand granddaughter said, "Gammy," <laughs> said, uh, "You know, you're you're all dressed up today. You got you got a dress on, a suit, your makeup, and shoes." I said, "Well, yeah." I said. We, I guess you're going out. He said, well, yeah. She said, uh, the little kid said, well, when you come out here normally without a dress and uh, makeup and all, I know I'm so happy because I know you're all mine. Oh. You're going to spend time with me. Yeah. And you're not going out to lunch yeah. Yeah. or to a meeting or to other things. You're all mine when, yeah. you're, right. when you're dressed uh, the way you are normally. All of your attention is focused on me. Yeah. Yeah, great story, Harry. Made me cry thinking about that. Because that's what our kids want from us. Yeah. Right? They just want to be with us and have the attention focused on them and their and their light. So So this is a new experience for you having a grandchild, huh? Love him. He walked in the other day, made me burst out laughing. I was going through a little bit of a rough day, and he had a trash can lid and a little wooden sword, and he looked at me and he goes, you will obey my will, minion. And I go, what? You a minion? Minion. And I said right away, so where did that come? Well, how do you know that he's four? How does he know the word minion? He goes, the little yellow things with glasses and shorts that are in cartoons. And that's what they called them, uh, the minions. And I was like, oh, you will obey my will, minion. And I mean, it was so, and I lost it for a solid minute. Thinking about uh, this generation of kids, I promise you, Harry, this, this generation will be a huge difference in the world. Um, not to sound too uh, new age, but some folks call them... Um, what you would refer to as star seed kids. 
that you're astounded at the wisdom that they have at such an early age. And they know things, we don't know why they know what they know, but I am constantly amazed at how wise and smart they are with their references to how to accept behaviors. And one of, one of the, the lines I love was, I talked to a kindergarten, I said, what did you learn? Don't let their bad day be your bad day, or your bad day be their bad day. Don't play angry tag with people. Mm. And I went, wow. I mean, folks, if you want to know a time not to play angry tag right now, is don't, you know, I used to tell parolees and folks on probation, don't trigger the angry person. And we don't know what has made them angry because generations back, somebody had created an anger in themselves that created an anger in their son, that created an anger in their son or their daughter. And this is what you're dealing with. And we don't know those triggers. Mm -hmm. And it's important to realize that violence can come unexpectedly and, and in, from internally an emotional scarring. And so gentle, gentle humor, laughter, respect, compassion, decency, those things that we, we talk about all the time that teach us that if we can get a person to a gentle place and he chooses to go to a monastery and then he finds the treasure of the secret to what he needs, mm. I need to be more reflective in laughing. Yeah. Right. So in all of these cases where these people jump off the, not the bridge, but the jump well, off yeah. normality and pick up a gun and want to, right. uh, it's so, and, and everybody tries to figure it out. And in most cases, it's like you said, you go back in their right. history and there's something gone haywire there. Right. Yeah. They don't just dream this up overnight. They call it a generational abuse and ancestral abuse uh -huh. that we're dealing with now. And it can go back generations in criminology, folks, are studying this. And like what I try to tell everybody is um, that sometimes when you're, you're sitting with, uh, I remember talking to a, to a fellow who was on probation, and I, and I said, what happened to you? And he said, yeah, everything, all at once. And, and it was from what happened to my dad to what happened to his dad to what happened to his dad. And I said, yeah. And then some people are crying with bullets instead of tears. <laughs> and we have this increase of shootings and increase of depression. Uh, and I know you have worked with the military for many, many years uh, on Armed Forces Radio. We're losing 20 uh, um, military uh, folks a day. 20 a day? 20 a day, Padre. And the all suicide. over, not just yeah. overseas or those who are in the and military. And that's why what we're doing is so urgently important. Yeah. You know, ahead. teach perspective, uh, reflection, yeah. compassion, connection to the greater good. Those things, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm thinking back of the one vet I had from Vietnam who was in uh, one of our recovery groups. And he said, I said, are you okay? And I had never seen him cry. And he goes, yeah, my tears smell old like they came from the cellar of my soul. Oh. I was, wow. 
you know, we all, everybody was like looking. And Ronnie Perez, who was a good friend of mine, who was a medic as well, he just goes, wow. He goes, that, that, that s sings to the person trying to heal somebody. The seller of my soul. Seller of my soul. Mm. Yeah. I, I have a great nephew who um, his name is uh, Darling because he, my sister's uh, grandson. He he graduated from Cornell, very wow. bright kid. Wow! And uh, worked in that submarine plant up there in. Uh, Broughton. Uh, no, in uh, Connecticut, whatever uh, Mystic, Connecticut. Oh, Mystic, yeah. Uh, so I I'll finish this story then. Uh, yeah. So he 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 made a lot of money in two years. You know, he, they hired him when he was a senior, so he had three years in the in this submarine, atomic submarine. Right. So he uh, packed his bag and did the Pacific Trail from Mexico to Canada. Wow. 300, uh, 251 days by himself, wore out four pairs of shoes. Wow. Uh, it took him five months to do it. And I said, uh, well, there's a lot of chance to find, because he's by himself. Right. I said, a lot of chances to find God along the way or to see, you know, any dangers where you say, I'm all, you know, take care of me. Yeah. He said, well, he said, you run across people on the trail now and again, but it's pretty much, uh, if you're careful, you know, it's, it's God looking after you. Wow. And he said, my mind needed a full flushing from technology and intricacy and measurement and uh, precise figuring and all of this stuff just so uh, now I can I can go back into almost any profession I want to go back into. Speaking of which, Father, just to end this, there's uh, Bill Maher had a young guy on who's talking about Facebook uh, and artificial intelligence there's an algorithm that teaches us that to drive people to uh, to view or watch or be on, controversy works easier than compassion, connection, and unity. So that the algorithm takes over and teaches us to drive that to that, and it's not healthy for us as a culture. So, folks, every once in a while... Unplug from what makes us afraid or tense or anxious and connect into that long walk, that journey, that hike, that rowing, that physical activity that takes you to the open space of the world and the healing and the blessing that that brings, right? And if you can do it like Mike without perspiration. <laughs> Oh, this, that's just funny about our little conversations. You don't sweat when you talk to me. Uh, except the confessional. A yeah. Confessional, I sweat just a little bit. I've seen you in front of audiences oh, yeah. where you wouldn't want to sit in the first no, row. No, seven, seven pounds one night. Seven pounds. Really? Oh, yeah. I was, you know, sweating, uh, you know. Liquid bullets. Oh, man, it was it was crazy. But, you know, one, one night my hair... I was in a cowboy bar up in Montana, and the heat uh, canister was right here with the light, and my hair, I was, 
in my hair. People are going, man, that smells like hair's on fire. <laughs> anyway, folks, God bless you all. Yeah. It's always great to be with Padre. He keeps me in a good mood, and we laugh together, we pray together, we community unity together. It ain't about religion. It's about all of us together finding ways to communicate to each other the great love that we should have inside ourselves for ourselves and for others. And this guy has been my best teacher in that for sure. The Pritch and the Padre. Thank you all. Thank you.